Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 2, Episode 22. The boss, Derek Leininger, joins me early, even before INCC Stats updates, to recap the semi-state. More to come this week. Cue the Derek Leininger theme music. We're here with Derek Leininger, the boss of Indiana Runner. We're going to go through each of the four semi-states. They were listed 1 through 32, 1 through 16, and then the IHSA flipped the order on us. But guess what? We're not falling for it, Derek. We're going to go the same order we've been going. So this is semi-state number four, New Prairie. It's a boys' first year. The New Prairie semi-state championship team with 90 points was Valparaiso. Chesterton was second with 121, Laporte third, 128, Morgan Township fourth, 149, Warsaw fifth, 165, and Crown Point sixth, 176 points. Anything stand out to you there? Uh, I mean, a big win for Valparaiso. That's an interesting team. Three of their top five, so they're three, four, five guys. They are all freshmen. Um, So, you know, three freshmen in your top five and winning a semi-state title is a pretty big deal. Um, I thought thought Laporte would have run a little better today. They got probably the best front running, at least the best front two in this semi-state. But they're a little off on the back end with their four or five kind of deep today. Still finished third. Very, I mean, solid effort for them. But, you know, Valpo, Chesterton, Laporte, one, two, three. I would have probably picked the order a little differently, but I, those three teams are the top three, in my opinion, um, coming into today. No real surprises on the back end. I mean, those are kind of the teams we thought would qualify. Um, you know, Munster just missing out there at the number seven spot. But in team-wise, I mean, the most interesting storyline is, I guess, Valpo with three freshmen in the top five taking the semi-state title. Yeah, I didn't realize they were so heavy on freshmen. That's pretty incredible to score. I can only think of one other team that had done that, which the Center Grove boys, I think, scored three freshmen and made it two years ago. And those boys are now in their junior year of, of high school. And they're, they're pretty – we'll get to them later. They're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Munster six, or seventh, rather, just outside the top six. 187 points, so 11 back from Crown Point. Lowell, 19 back from Crown Point in eighth, 195. And West Lafayette. 24 back so that's a pretty tight spread there for that last qualifying spot yeah and i mean there wasn't a dominant team up front either so sometimes with semi-states where there's a little more parity you see some of those you know team scores bunch up a little bit where if you have you know a couple teams that are clearly better than everybody else it kind of pushes the you know the bell curve back a little bit um but yeah, some pretty some. I mean, it's you could have been you could have been fourth, you could have been ninth. There was only fifty points between those, or fifty one points between fourth and ninth. So, um, yeah, a lot of a lot of tight team races right in there. Individually, Cole Raymond was the champion. Not a surprise at all. He won by thirty five seconds or so. Where do you where do you maybe project him next week individually? He's yeah, a pretty twelve miler. He's legit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he's definitely a podium level guy. Um, probably the only podium level guy coming out of this in my state. Now, obviously, you know, you, you get down to Terre Haute and somebody pops a, 
you know, 10 or 15 second PR, you can move up, you know, from, you know, projecting to be 40th or 50th and move up to the podium pretty quickly. But um, yeah, I think Raymond's kind of on that verge of maybe a top 10 type of guy. Definitely, definitely a podium runner if he runs to potential. But yeah, not not surprising to see him with a pretty commanding win, um, considering how good of a runner he is. For the girls at New Prairie, I'm I'm going I'm going Peyton Manning here. I'm calling an audible. Let's start with the individuals and then go to the team scores. Uh, Corinna James, defending state champion, she wins by 40 seconds. But unlike on the boys' side, there's a lot of podium level all state type talent for the girls individuals at New Prairie. So Lillian Zelasco of New Prairie, second, she's a junior. Bailey Ranta from Chesterton, she's been all state third. Kaylee Polizza from Valparaiso, she's been all state in fourth. Uh, they were all 19 minutes or faster. So, I mean, James beating Polizza by 65 seconds. Where do you project James maybe next week? Yes, I, I feel I feel a little hypocritical here, Colin, because you and I have talked about, you know, boys' individual favorites, and my, my logic has been this. Um, Isaiah Sturry is still a favorite in my mind because nobody has beat him um, on grass this year. So using that same logic, Karina James being the returning state champion, you would think, okay, if, if you're using the same exact argument, you would consider her to be the favorite. There's, there's a couple things that made me pause on that. One, Cridge is just running so well. We'll talk about her in a little bit when we get to the Shelbyville semi-state. Uh, but two is they haven't raced each other. So James has not raced Cridge this year. So, I mean, it, so I, I think I think James is coming into form very similar to how she did last year. Um, I think she, I think she's going to have a really good run in Terre Haute again. I could see her being, you know, second place in that, kind of in that mix for second. Uh, but as we'll talk in a little bit, I think the gap from one to two is, is pretty wide with the girls this year. Do you, do you think there's any chance that, I mean, do you think there's any real reasonable or realistic chance, not like Cridge steps off the bus weird and can't run or the Fazoli's around her, wherever she lives in Indy is bad. I mean, do you think there's a chance that they both line up and they're okay and that James beats Cridge next week? Um, no, I, I think if Cridge runs well, she is, 20, 30 seconds, maybe more faster than anybody else in Indiana. So, yeah, the the sprained ankle or bad Fizzoli's, I think those are the only things. If 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 Cridge runs poorly, then, yeah, certainly somebody can beat her. But um, do I think if they both have a good day, I, I think I think Cridge will, will hands down be the champion. Interesting here. So, Polizza, obviously an amazing track runner, um, running 19 flat today. So, so 25 seconds back from Zalasco, you talked about. I think all these top four girls are podium type of runners. Um, I think there might even be a couple more right behind there. Like uh, Sebeki from Laporte, I think she could be a, a top 20 type of runner. So yeah, definitely a lot more um, elite individuals on the girls' side of New Prairie this year than there were on the boys' side. Here's a runner of interest, and, and you've been able to look at the results a little bit more than I have because you've been kind of home following it back at the fortress, whereas I, I drove a bus and took a team down to a semi-state today. Um, Hannah Moore from Northwestern was sixth, and she was all state last year and didn't necessarily have a great track season. 
I think they ran her in like three or four events in the sectional and maybe did so in the regional as well and just never popped off any great track times. And she hasn't been spectacular, hasn't shown any great results uh, yet this season, but it feels like, man, maybe she's rounding into form and she might finish in the top 25 again this year. Could be. You know, I'm not even entirely sure where Northwestern High School is. Um, I think it's right on that line, and they they maybe have have switched back and forth between the the northeast and the northwest semi states here. Um, but I, I yeah, I'm, she, she's someone that I'll have an eye on in the results next week to see if maybe she does finish in the top 25. And as I'd seen her results from earlier in the year, I thought there's no there's no chance like she may not even. Yeah make it to the semi-state and then she was sixth today. I just, I thought that was, that was interesting as I looked through it. Yeah, definitely, definitely running well in October compared to what she was maybe a few weeks ago. That's still a pretty large gap though. I mean, so Karina James runs 1755, Hannah Moore runs 1918. You know, that's a minute 23 uh, difference. If, unless that gap is cut in half next week and she's within, you know, 40 or 45 seconds of James, it's going to be hard to see her finish on the podium. So while she's running much better than she had been maybe uh, a month ago, she's still got you know, got some work to do if we're going to talk about her being top 20 next week. Yeah, and I, and I think we're, we're going to see this with some of the boys' teams or just some of the other semi-states in general that sometimes once you start improving, those come down week by week in, in pretty big chunks, and I wonder if she's one of those that had been running, you know, compromised early on or maybe hadn't even been in the results and it could be it, it could be another 20 or 30 seconds next week. Um, so we'll see. Just just someone something that I thought was was interesting yeah. on the team side from New Prairie. Uh, I was a little surprised by the result here, not necessarily the six teams that went through. But the margin here for the number one team, Chesterton wins with 50. Thought we'd see a battle between Chesterton and Valparaiso who've been back and forth all year. We didn't. Number two, Mm -hmm. Warsaw, 134. Three, Valparaiso, 141. They ran six. They have six in the results, rather. So I I wonder what went on there. Number four, Laporte, 157. And then fifth, West Lafayette. Scott Litzkin called that one. 200. Sixth, Harrison. One of my just random favorite teams for whatever reason. 205 for the Raiders. Seventh, we thought this team was likely, if not a lock. They fall 18 points short of the state meet, and that's Lake Central. And then eighth, a team we never talked about at all, all season. But here's your here's your mention on the Indiana Runner podcast. The Zebras, Derek. Rochester, 256. Seeger, one of the best small, small schools in Indiana, 260. And Colvert, 282. And then Crown Point in 11th, we thought they might have a shot. They were 283. What, what do you know about the, the Valparaiso thing? Yeah, so it's interesting. Um, you know, I think Valparaiso is a legitimate top 10 team. Um, I'm not sure if they have the depth at 4-5 to be a podium team, uh, where I think Chesterton probably does. I think Chesterton probably could be a top five team next week. But obviously, we talk about Val- Valpo only finished with six girls. So obviously something happened in terms of I'm sure they I'm sure they started with seven. Um, I don't see any strategy to starting with six when you've got a, a really good deep team like Valparaiso does. 
So something happened in terms of probably one of the scores not finishing. Um, looked like a couple of the runners had okay days, but not not superb. But um, I'll I will point you back to the 2020 state cross country meet where it looked like Valparaiso girls were probably like you know 12, 15th at the you know projected to be in the state. And I I really thought they were going to run much better at the state meet. And I said they're going to be a top 10 team, and they end up finishing eighth. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't think too much of it. Uh, Chesterton obviously a very commanding win up front, like you said. Uh, Warsaw really really overstepping or over exceeding their expectations. Um, I kind of thought they'd be more like that four five six spot, and they get they get second. Um, and then like you said, Lake Central we thought was going to be uh, a, a top maybe four or five team, and they finished seventh. Uh, just a you know a tough day there. Um, and then we, you said Crown Point, obviously a little a little further back than we thought they might be on the bubble as well. But um, yeah, five of the six would have been the teams that I would have um, probably would have said. I think those those teams are making it. Uh, I wouldn't maybe wouldn't have had West Lafayette in. I probably would have had Lake Central in. But obviously, great run by the Red Devils today. In terms of Warsaw, they they would have made it without this runner. As I'm looking through, their sixth runner scored or or finished in 41st place for team scoring. So you subtract this front runner, you add that, that athlete in, it moves them back a few spots, but certainly not the, the 70 or 80 or close to hundred points that they made it by. But Joey Rastrelli from Warsaw, somebody that we had talked about a lot in the preseason ran track as a freshman was really good, was on their state runner up four by eight, I think made the state meet in the 1600. And she scored five team points. She was eighth overall. So that really, really helps Warsaw. In terms of Valparaiso, so they ran a really, really good state meet last year. Uh, how long has Arredondo been there? Two, three um, seasons, maybe. I, I, yeah, it's, I think it's his third year as the head coach, or maybe, maybe second. I'm. It's, it's, it's definitely second or third. I can't remember which one. And we'll we'll get in there with some of these other teams as we talk about that have traditionally run really well at the state meet, right? So. Yeah. They run really well last year at the state meet. Do you think how much of that do you think is just kind of I don't want to say luck, but like just kind of random, right? That like it's high school athletics at any time. And how how much of running well at the state meet is kind of random? And how much of that do you think is good planning, meaning it's recreatable this year, next year, and in the future years with with the same coach and the same plan? Uh, some of each, I don't know. I like, I'm not to quantify it. Um, you know, you and I were talking earlier, there's some, there's some programs, some coaches in particular that their runners just never seem to do poorly in the state meet. And obviously to, to be more confident in a statement like that, you need a larger sample size. So like, you know, I would use Rick Weinheimer as kind of a historical, like Weinheimer's teams, whenever they were expected to win, they won. Whenever they expected to be top five, they were top five. Um, I mean, they all, they never, I don't ever remember a Columbus North team just running flat in Terre Haute. Um, that doesn't guarantee anything, but it, it certainly becomes the longer you have a track, track record of doing that, the more, you know, the more confident you get in saying, predicting those sort of things. So, you know, with Coach Arredondo, they did it last year. They, they were, you know, the, the best New Prairie team, New Prairie semi-state team in the state meet. Um, I would not be stunned to see that happen again, although I think Chesterton girls are much better this year than they were last year. I don't expect them to uh, – they had a really good semi-state last year and then 
had kind of an off day at the state meet. I expect them to run very well next week as well. Chesterton seems like they have two. The, individually at New Prairie, it's a lot deeper than the boys said, right? I mean, we're probably only going to see one of the top. You, you, you've been saying podium a lot for the boys, which is top 20. And then there's all state, which is 25, but we're essentially talking about the same thing, right? It's a difference of five runners out of a field of like 208, I think it is. Um, but the girls is much deeper. Chesterton could have two girls, two all staters, right? Yeah. I mean, and they could have, they could have four girls in the top 40, you know, like top 50. Um, and look, we'll see them next week. I, well, I, I think, I think they're, uh, I don't know if I would project them to be on the podium, but I would not be surprised. I would probably, if I was doing a ranking, I'd probably say somewhere in that seven or eight, that's probably where I'd rank Chesterton this week. Um, but it's one of those, if you can be seventh and you race well, then, you know, the state meet, you could be fifth. You know, there's not that much of a difference between those teams at that point. Scott Litzkin had called it. He thought that the West Lafayette, girls would make it and i asked him you know how much of that is a tradition pick a coaching pick and the west lafayette tradition is is long and it 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 exceeds one specific coach right so uh steve lewark retired but his assistant took over uh david jost and he's obviously doing a good job there do you think that do you think tradition matters in this case at the semi at the at the semi state or state level, yeah, but it, but you it's it's a little trickier with a different coach. So like, um, you know, what is the tradition of you know Coach Jost? Is it do they typically run really well at the semi state? I know obviously he's a really good coach and they're they're well trained and they're going to be prepared. Um, it's it's kind of hard to to look anything more than a few years ago. It's kind of hard to to think that teenagers are going to count on that as tradition. Um, you know, like if, if I were coaching at Snyder still, I would say, Hey, you know, we were really good. And, you know, this 2011 team was just awesome. Um, you know, this 2012 four by eight, and they'd be like, you know, we were toddlers at that time. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like that, that's kind of, you get too far away and the tradition becomes more of a conversation for me and you than it does reality for a 17 year old. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you on that. It's, it's, I feel like sometimes this happens in like college sports or even professional sports where they're like, Oh, you know, this team hasn't beaten this team since whatever year. And it's like, yeah, they don't care about that. You know, that, that those games happened a long, long time ago. Like right. these, these kids, these kids don't necessarily care what the kids do care about is do you, do you have my best interest at heart? Right. And, and you got to be pretty transparent about that. Um, but obviously, you know, you're talking about the, the West Lafayette teams. They tend to be in contention every year. And, um, I, you know, David has obviously done a very, very good job of carrying the tradition on with Steve. And I think, too, we'll get into this with um, – well, we won't get into it, but, you know, like Columbus North, Danny was Rick's assistant coach, right? Or other places where the assistant coach takes over. It's a lot easier to do that where you already have a relationship with the kids and you've been there. That transition is a lot easier than an outside hire, a new person taking over. And then uh, six in that is Harrison. And I know I, I mentioned this on the preview podcast, um, just kind of a random thought, but I just, 
I think that, uh, that Creasy Huntsman, who's their coach there, who I don't know personally, but I just, I, she was in high school at around the same time that I was. And I think I went her some of her teammates in high school went to college with me, um, that she's, she's just, she's doing a very good job with those programs over there at, at Harrison. So it was, it was nice kind of on a personal level to see them make it out. Uh, that was semi-state, according to us, semi-state one. According to the IHSA, semi-state four. I'm not sure why we flipped. Do you know why they flipped? You're in the I do not. Hey, last last point on that semi-state, okay? Yep. West Lafayette girls qualified in fifth place. Their number one runner was 30th in the race. I, very rarely do you see a team qualify for the state meet when their number one runner is 30th in a semi-state that's that's pretty good that's a good sign of the of the gap between one to five being pretty low because that's pretty hard statistically to do that shout out west lafayette all right new haven the new haven semi-state at huntington how far apart are those schools what do you like half hour maybe mm, yeah probably 40 minutes that's that's quite a ways for a host school to go um the individual winner was Isaiah Sturry. He ran 15.09. Second was Jack Moore from Northridge. He ran 15.41. So check my math here. I believe that's a 32-second spread. Yep. Drew Hogan from Goshen was third in 15.53. Nolan Satterfield from Hamilton Southeastern was fourth in 15.54. And also in 15.54 from Columbia City. You will say it? Austin Hall. Shout out. Uh, those were the top five, and those seem certainly the the first four. And uh, how do you like how do you like Austin Hall's chances to finish in the top twenty five next week? Uh, really, I think he's 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 right there. I mean, so look at these guys that we're talking about. So Sturry, number one returner in the state. He's good. Jack Moore, I think he's been running like a top five guy. You know, kind of on the. In, he's probably not one of the top three, but he's probably as good as anybody else. Um, Hogan, well, you know, Hogan and Johnson, those Goshen guys have been running like top 10 guys all year. Satterfield was ninth last year. So you're talking about, and you're right in the mix with those guys. I mean, you were 0.3 behind Satterfield and, you know, 1.2 behind Drew Hogan. I mean, if those guys were top 10 guys, then shoot, you're an all, you're a podium guy too. Um, so I, I really like his chances of being top 20, actually. Um, one of the individuals that I've kind of been noticing in the last, few weeks really stepping up jackson miller jr from northridge i had him in, in the top 10 this week coming in the semi-state he finished his seventh today 1557 um just ahead of cole johnston there who got eighth really big run for him obviously we'll talk about his team in a minute but uh but yeah northridge raiders with two guys in the top seven today which is was the the best the best number two runner in this race at least perfect segue to the team scores, Derek. We gotta start paying you for this. <laughs> the New Haven Semi-State Championship team. I I believe they won last year, but I'm not positive. Uh, they may have flipped. Did Fishers won last year at HSC? I think I think HSC won Semi-State last year. Then Fishers beat them at state. So Hamilton Southeastern, 62 points and a 16-10 team average. Second place, Fishers, 101 points. Third place, North Ridge, 124. Fourth place, Goshen, 146. Fifth place, Carroll. Now, I, I, I have said on multiple podcasts, and it's not like, you know, I don't have anything against the school. Um, 
I, I thought that they wouldn't make the state meet, and they did. So in my face, Carroll 198, sixth place. Now I did call this the u- part of the usual suspects. Penn 210, and then close but not quite there. Seventh Concordia 223, eighth Homestead 233, and then Angola. It's been a great story. Uh, not all that close here, but Angola ninth and 292. Yeah, so a couple of interesting things there. Obviously, HSE winning by 49 points. Um, not surprising the order, but I was surprised at the gap. I would have thought the gap from two to three would have been much larger than the gap from one to two, but obviously that was not the case today because Northridge came in only 23 behind Fishers. Northridge with a really good day overall. Um, yeah, we I think we had them pinned at fourth last week. They finished third today, so they outperformed what we thought. So Goshen Northridge flipped from what we thought. But then, like you said, Carroll, who I think we had predicted as eighth, run there, there, and they're 3-4 with a key today. So, um, you know, they're, they're tough two guys up front, ran about what we thought they would, uh, Loman and Slopper. But they're 3-4, nailed it today. The, both, both those guys had big runs, which made up for the fact their five was a little deep. Um, Penn was just a pretty solid race across the board. Obviously, Red Slop is not the front runner that we have seen him to be recently. But he had the had the team behind him. Uh, tough day for the Cadets. Concordia boys and girls finishing seventh today. That's a, that's a tough day when you're the head coach of both and both teams get seventh. And then Homestead, a team that looked really good last week in the regional, just a little bit off today, which was enough to, to put them back into eighth. And then, like you said, Angola, first time in school history uh, making it. This is uh, Coach Peterson's, I think, fourth or fifth year. So really, this is kind of this is kind of the team he's been building up during his time there. Obviously, we all know about Sturry, but you know behind the scenes, he's been developing a really good boys team overall, um, finishing ninth. Which you think about the size of Angola compared to the size of most of the other teams in the top ten. Um, really good day for the Hornets there. Um, Columbia City as a team, we talk about Hall being really good as a team. I thought Columbia City would be much higher. They finished thirteenth today. I thought they might have even been like a bubble type of team, but um, obviously behind Hall, they did not have a great day. Only finished six today, only six runners. So, um, but yeah, so you were right about Penn, which we talked about on Wednesday. Um, Carroll, I knew could run. I just didn't know if they would run that well. And then Concordia, tough day. Uh, these these seniors who had won a state title a couple of years ago, uh, a couple of them did not have their best runs today, and it, and it, it put them in the seventh place spot. Two things. One fun fact: Do you know you know Penn's nickname, the Kingsman? Do you know why? No, I don't know why the school is called Penn. It's just it's a huge school in Mishawaka. There's already a school called Mishawaka, but Robert Warren Penn, maybe it's Robert Penn Warren, one of the two, wrote a book, a famous book, top hundred novel called All the King's Men. <laughs> so there you go. Fun fact. Two. Again, I said Carroll boys wouldn't make it. I was cold on them all year in my face. Screenshot material. But wag of the finger if you're screenshotting a podcast because it doesn't make sense. Scott Lidskin theory on Carroll. Carroll had the ninth best fifth runner today. But Scott Lidskin's theory is that fourth runners win meets or get you through meets. Fourth runners help you to have success. You can you can absorb a buried fifth runner. And that makes sense because Carroll's fourth runner was the number three fourth runner today in the semi-state. 
So shout out to Scott Litzkin. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm not sure I've heard Scott say that, but I've, I've theorized something similar. And then you said, oh, Scott Litzkin said that. And I said, well, Scott's pretty smart, so it makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's you, like you said, you can, you can hide one guy. You can lose 20 points on the fifth guy and still be all right. Uh, but if you're losing, you know, 20, 30 points each on four and five, you probably can't recover from that. On the girls' side, individually, Nikki Sutherland, our champion, 17.55. She's a sophomore. Second place, also a sophomore from Homestead, Addison Canablo, 18.18. Third, Addison Wiley of Huntington North, 18.36. Fourth, Julie Smith from Penn, 18.49. And fifth, a familiar name in cross-country circles. I don't know if this is a cousin or a sibling. Uh, you might know. Uh, from Concordia, it was Alexa Panning, 1901. Yeah, I don't know the relation. Obviously, you're referring to Zach Panning, one of the a great runner for Concordia, probably eight years ago, somewhere in that range, seven years ago. Um, no surprises in terms of those top three. I mean, that's kind of what I thought it would look like, is Sutherland pulling away to a pretty decent, decent gap. I thought Wiley would be a little closer to Canablo than she was. Um, you know, you talked about your high on Wiley running well here in the last couple of weeks. Julie Smith kind of right where we thought she were, would be. Addison Lindsay, a little deeper than I expected. The East Noble freshman ends up 19th here. Fine in terms of qualifying and her team's coming with her. Uh, so obviously she can bounce back next week and run better. But um, I would have I would have thought she'd be in the top five. But like you said, Lexi Panning, Concordia. She's been really good over the past month. Uh, not not a huge surprise that she's right there at at that uh, five fifth place spot today. And then Powers for HSC, obviously really good, and Eubank for Penn. Uh, Taylor Hanson out outperforming what we thought she would be an eight. Uh, obviously, Carol had a pretty nice day. We'll talk about probably that here in a minute. So there's your team segue, Colin. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, yeah, let's get to the team scores, and then maybe we'll talk about the race overall. Woo! Couldn't be closer, Derek. Could not be closer. First, Carol, 95. Second, Homestead, 95. They break the runner on the sixth. They break the, the tie, rather, on the sixth runner. And Carol triumphed there. Carol's sixth runner also pushed back Homestead's runner. So there's an extra point. Uh, third, Hamilton Southeastern, 105. That's also really close. And fourth, Penn, 116. So only 21 points separate the top four. Fifth, East Noble, 143. Sixth, North Ridge, 146. Were those the six teams you picked? Um, I, no, I did not have Northridge making it, but I, I made a disclaimer on the podcast that it would not surprise me if they ran well because Ryan McLean is a really good cross-country coach. So we actually had um, actually had Fishers making it in sixth. They had a rough day, had only had six finishers, so somebody went down. Um, but they finished 10th today. So Northridge made it and Fishers did not. So I was, I had one wrong there. I really liked the Concordia girls. They were seventh, 167. So 21 points back. And then Leo was at 203. They were eighth. And then a huge gap, almost a hundred point gap to ninth, 10th, so on and so forth. I, I just got to say uh, in terms of picking the, the Concordia girls, no regrets, no regrets. It's, 
random things can happen. I do it all over again the same way. So here's some interesting things. Carol, boys and girls both qualify. HSE, both teams qualify. Penn, both teams qualify. And Northridge, both teams qualify. So for the six, um, you know, girls qualifying teams also had boys teams that qualified. Another interesting, so you talked about how close it is. Carol Homestead 95, Carol wins on a tiebreaker. HSE 105, uh, Penn 116. So only 21 points separating first from fourth. Do you know why they're that close, Colin? Because they're good? Because they're, because yeah, because they're pretty much all the same type of team. I think all four of these teams will finish between like eight and 15th next week. Um, I don't, at this point, I don't think any of these teams are going to make the podium. I'm not saying they can't, uh, but I certainly would not predict it. I would think that Carol and Homestead, HSC Penn, I think they're all capable of top 10. I think that's, I think eighth is about the highest I would pick any of them. Uh, but the reason the scores are so close is because they're, they're very similar in terms of um, how good they are in the state meet. Now, interesting, interesting little thought here. So Carol beats Homestead on the six, six runner, right? Yes. But, but if, if you put these same results into a bigger meet, into a state meet format, Homestead probably would have beat them because their front runner, 18-18, was so much would be so much higher in a state meet than Carroll's front runner of 1909, where today that was only a six point difference, where in the state meet, that would be a 20, 20 some point difference between one, the, the number one runners. And then obviously, you know, the two through five being, if they're the same as they were today, then Homestead in a bigger meet would have beat Carroll based on today's times. So the best measure typically of state meet potential is average time. Yep. Homestead had an average time, one through five, six seconds better than Carroll. So that goes with your, which of these three teams do you think, Carroll, Homestead, Hamilton, Southeastern, what team do you think has the best chance to finish in the top five next week? Unlikely as it may be. Okay. So it's kind of hard to say because they're, they're so, I mean, they're so similar. They're only separated by, you know, 10 points total. Um, Homestead has the better single front runner. I mean, if she never runs well, Canablo is a, is a top, top five type of runner in the state meet. Um, HSE probably has a better one, two, three. Um, but Carol's probably the best at, at five compared to the other two teams. So uh, I don't know. You feel like you're asking me an impossible question. No, um, I'm not, because there's the right answer to this. Okay. So I will go with Carol yes. is most correct. likely to be the top team out of this semi-state next week. Here's why. Why is that correct? Carol's sixth runner from today has potential to be their number one or two next week. And I think that's how they get into the top five. Okay. Yep. I'm going to leave it at that. Hey, Derek. We have a live ad read. You ready? Yes. Three Rivers Running Company is Northeast Indiana's premier destination for running and walking footwear. Our gait analysis and shoe fitting process ensures you end up in the best shoes for the way you move. Shop in stores seven days a week or online anytime at threeriversrunning.com. 
you like three years running company right Derek oh yeah that's uh it's a it's a family I know and love you're, well, you're also part of it you're also yeah, some of them <laughs> <laughs> hey if you're in northeast Indiana though that's the place to go yep for sure Un- undeniably let's get into speaking of the family for three rivers running company let's get into our central indiana semi-state brought to you by three rivers running company on the boys side individually coached by a family member of three rivers running company number one cole matison defends his championship from last year 15 15 second place his teammate charlie schumann 15 18 third place from Westfield. This kid ran, I was at this beat. This kid ran the hardest last 25 meters I have ever seen in a race to end up third instead of fourth. Kai Connor from Westfield, 1529. Fourth place from Center Grove, same time. Parker Mambella, fifth place started way back, moved his way through the field from Burbuff, a senior. Krishna Tharuna Vukarasu. That seems pretty straightforward individually, right? Yeah, so I would have thought Krishna would have been uh, would have been higher, but you talked about he started that. Was he starting like with his teammates, kind of trying to help them early in the race, and then kind of move up? I mean, I'm I'm trying to project where is he going to be next week? Because think about the state meet. I I think he is on the back of the leaders. Um, and at times this year, I would have said I would have added him as a fourth name. Um, along with Cole, Isaiah, and Reese, I would have added him as a fourth name to that group. I'm, I'm not sure I would right now, but help me out, because you were there, you saw it. Like, was that a, that a planned thing, and he's actually going to be much better than this next week? Yes, that's how I project it. I, I didn't see him much throughout the race. I tended to watch the guys in our uniforms. Make, so make- um, I, I wasn't watching for him in particular, but he, he seemed – pretty far back and those those other front four separated themselves pretty early and i think he did it he he really moved up throughout the race and when he's run hard this season uh he's clearly been a top five guy yeah and he yeah. he's run under 15 minutes twice so that would be um that would be my guess on the team side i would say lined up and again, I, you know, I, I coach one of these teams. And so I, I like to do the podcast. I feel like I do a good job with it, but I, it also kind of puts me in a awkward position once or twice a week to talk about this when it does involve one of my teams. And I want to do it in a way that's, that's fair and gives recognition to all the kids, but we're in a sport that's a very niche sport and you know, our podcast or the mile split videos or whatever, the coaches are covering it, which is not the case in, in basketball or football. So uh, the semi-state championship team, two years in a row, uh, Burbuff, 60 points, second center Grove, 77, third Carmel, shout out 86, fourth Zionsville, 129, fifth Noblesville, 159. And then we talked about this big battle for the sixth place team the last team to move on from the semi-state and it was franklin central 184 and and uh fc had quite a gap actually to the other teams westfield 222 north central 226 mount vernon 220 238 
and Brownsburg 268. What do you think about those team scores, Derek? Yeah, so I guess I'll take the heat off you here, Colin, and say those, I mean, those top three teams are all podium level teams for sure. Um, you know, the you got Fishers and HSE feeding out of the out of the northeast. You got Columbus North coming in out of the south. I think those are probably those are probably your top six teams overall. Um, so I think any of those teams could on a really good day could challenge to win this tape the tape state title next week. Um, Brabuff obviously looking really good. We were high on them back in the summer. They obviously had a couple of their top guys um, with some injury issues early in the season. Uh, pretty amazing, really, to me, to to now be back to semi-state seven days from the state meet and we're talking about Burbuff being back as one of the favorites to win again because I mean you go back five weeks and and we're like well maybe maybe there'll be a top 10 team outside shot at the podium uh but obviously you know really good coaching job getting those guys back and, and getting them um healthy again and making sure they're ready to go for October um Center Grove has been a team that's just been has been around for three years not surprising that they're right there again Obviously, your guys had a really good day one, too. If you want some advice, I would probably close the gap at three, four, five next week if you want to try to win a state title. So, you mean between our one and two? Yeah, yeah. And between everybody else's three, four, five. Uh, so, well, but, hey, here's a little, here's a little peek behind the curtain because I don't mind doing some kind of coaching corner. But uh, I called you after the meet to talk about, you know, just general stuff. It's kind of a pretty typical thing for me and you. Me and Coach Weinheimer talk after the meet a little bit, text, call on the phone, whatever. But uh, there is one way we can really close that one to five gap. I could tell our first two guys to slow down. That's a bad idea. Yeah, okay, so you don't recommend we do that? No. Okay, I'm going to keep that in mind this week. You know you know what? If you do that, you're going to end up eighth place before you know it. <laughs> All right. So, but yeah, those top three, obviously not surprising. The order, the order could really go either way. Um, in terms of like average time, 1553, 1555, 1551, you know, depending on the format of the meet, if this is a bigger meet, you'd have been much closer up front because obviously you had the, the top two guys. Um, but obviously you've, you've got some guys you think are going to run much better next week. We expect, you know, like guys like Krishna to run much better uh, for Brabuff in terms of, you know, where he places for the team. Not really surprising at four or five, the, the Vils, I kind of thought the Vils would be fourth and fifth and they were. Zionsville, Noblesville. A um, little surprised at FC6. I probably would have said Westfield, but uh, obviously FC running really well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, teams, teams, no huge surprises. The battle for the last spot obviously was, was interesting. And then the battle up front with probably three of the top five teams in the state. Um, really, a really good day at Shelbyville. So without saying too much or going too deep into it, it feels to me that Franklin Central rightfully won a battle of attrition. And so all of those kind of contending schools for that last spot had either athletes unavailable to run today or athletes have a really tough day and lose a lot of potential spots. And Franklin Central didn't and they moved on and that's that's a huge part of athletics. That's a huge part of this sport. Yeah. Yeah. A so. lot of, I mean, there's a lot of seasons where if a team, like whatever a team runs at their conference or sectional, they look really good. It's like, if you can just repeat that or even just like 95%, 
of that performance, like you're going to be, you're going to go to the state meet, you're going to run really well. The question is, can you repeat that? And, and can you repeat that when on the one moment you have to, so you only have 17 minutes to nail it and five different guys have to nail it on the same day. Um, and obviously Franklin central, like you said, kind of, they just kind of held up better today than some of the other teams there in that, in that six, seven, eight spots. It's about being solid, right? Like it's not, it's very rare. And of course there are famous and historic examples of like the Columbus North boys last year, like, Oh my gosh, they nailed it at every position, but more often than not, it's just, you just want to have a really solid race to get done and be like, yes, I did a good job and not have any casualties. And that's what, that's what the, that's what the FC boys did today. Yeah. So, and I, I think, you know, obviously Matt has been coaching them in the spring and then through to the fall and that level of continuity is big. And that's, that's what gets to this, to this point to, to get them through on the girl side, individually, Lily Cridge, 1704. Nice day. The course was in good shape. Uh, INCC stats has not yet updated. I'm guessing by the time we get this up, it will. I'm probably on the boys, maybe like plus 20 or so. Uh, I haven't done any math, but plus 20, maybe on the girls, plus 25, plus 30. Second place could be second next week. Gretchen Farley from Park Tudor, 1746. Uh, third place, Sophia Kennedy, same school. Park Tudor, 1752. And then the Carmel Trio of Jasmine Klopstead, Jamie Clavon, Olivia Romanek, 1812, 1814, 1817. They're Carmel, 4-5-6, but actually in team scoring, it was 1-2-3. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what we expected, right? Yeah, and, and then Kendall Martin there in seventh. I mean, I think all of these girls are podium level. So the, the, here's the interesting thing, Colin. Um, you've got Lily Cribbage who's a minute and a half ahead of other runners who I would project will be top 20 in Terre Haute. That is like, that's, that's hard to fathom. So you said, you know, Gretchen Farley could, could be, could be the second best runner in Indiana. I mean, she's arguably right there. Sophie Kennedy, we are talking about Sutherland and, and obviously Karina, but like Lily Cridge was still 40 some seconds gone clear of her. Um, it's, I, I, I cannot remember, I have to go back probably to, when we talked about these are very similar runners, but I probably have to go back to, um, Anna Rohr before I can think of an individual that was that much better than everybody else in the state. I mean, we, we all seem to be in agreement. Like she's barring something totally unfortunate. She's going to win next week. She will be, she will be our state champion. Uh, Keep the Fazoli's clean. Hey, listen, if you're a general manager of a Fazoli's on the north side of Indy, and I'm sure they're all listening to the podcast when I look at our numbers, it's very apparently the case. Dozens like, of people are listening. <laughs> Sir, I make thousands of dollars a year. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I don't know that all inside jokes go over that well on the podcast. Um, she she's gonna win next week. One of our boys. Today, uh, we were talking at the meet and we took, you know, we took like 80 Carmel boys to this meet. We'll take like 8,000 next week to the state meet. Um, it was like, oh, yeah, do you think she's going to move up in the rankings? And I'm like, what rankings are you talking about? 
So he had looked it up in like the latest national rankings. I don't know if it was Dystat or Milesplit or whatever. You want to guess where she's ranked nationally? Yeah. That's what I would have thought. He said she was like 15. It's like, no, whoa, I'll no. take the over on that one. No kidding. I, and I don't, I don't follow national high school running that closely, but you would be hard pressed to tell me there are 14 girls in the nation yes. faster than she is. Yes. There's no way there are 14 girls around the United States that are better than she is at cross country. Uh, There's no way. I, well, you think about it. She was basically a 10 flat two miler in the spring. There's not 15 girls in, in this nation that can break, you know, run 10 flat or faster. There's, there's a few like, there's a, and, and think about how much better she is comparatively to a right. lot of these girls. She's got, like, she's way better than she was in the spring. Yeah. She's gotten better and she was already nationally elite. So, um, so I say false, sir. Whoever says she's 15. Yeah. I don't know where it was. I don't know. Some kid has his phone out. No. Um, <laughs> team wise, number one, Carmel. 46 average time 1842 keep that keep that average time in your brain number two noblesville 78 number three we thought that this was a potential team to advance uh we did not think they'd finish as high as third franklin central 133 fourth westfield 144 fifth north central without their number two runner who will run next week 148 and sixth Avon 172 and then heartbreaker here Zionsville uh shorthanded I suppose but this is the team you got when you get to the semi-state Zionsville 175 points so only three back and then a huge gap to Batesville at eighth with 245 what do you think there yeah so interesting I mean Carmel running up front we I mean I think they're uh I think it's they're one of two teams competing to win the state title next week Noblesville in a clear second, not surprising. They're really good. I think they're probably the third best team in the state. Then you just get you get a group of basically five teams that on a good day can be on the podium in the state meet. On a bad day could could get knocked out of the semi-state. Um, obviously, Franklin Central had a really good day. Zionsville had an off day. And they kind of flipped places in terms of – I would have thought Zionsville 3, Franklin Central 7 would have been a much better prediction. But obviously, like, like you said, FC running really well. The other three, not surprising, Westfield, North Central, Avon. I think most of us kind of expected them to be in those, you know, qualifying positions. But, yeah, like you said, the real story here is Zionsville, who I thought could be a podium team, um, is not going to be qualifying as into the state meet next week. Let's move on to – hey, what's up? Your kid's behind us. Hey. Does she want to say anything? Hey, you got any jokes? Okay. No jokes today. If you think of any, let us know. Yeah, you know, you're not. Uh, you're not. You sh- certainly aren't bothering us. She's got better jokes than my kid. <laughs> my kid is currently making Play-Doh in the shape of. You know what? I'm going to let that one go. Joke number uh, three. All right, the Brown County semi-state held at Brown County. Uh, the individual winner, Reese Kilbarger, Stump from Columbus North, 15-10. Second, Spencer Wolf of Forest Park, 15-18. Third, Abe Ekman, this says Abram, that must be his full name, of Jasper, 15-21. Fourth, Matt Newell, government name Matthew Newell, 15-30. 
And fifth, wow, they're going straight up government names here at Brown County. Alex Hooten, government name Alexander Hooten, Evansville Central, 1531. It appears to me that this was a blazing fast race. You've seen the times from this one? Yes, it was very fast today. 21 under uh, 16 minutes. I believe that led the state. Um, that's what we expected right up front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, those state. those top five guys, exactly what I would have thought. Um, Kilbarger Stump winning. And then Wolf, Ekman, Newell, Hooten. I mean, I think those are those are none of those are surprises. Um, Nolan Bailey was higher than I would have thought. I mean, he had a really good day as a senior from Bloomington North. He was in sixth today. That's probably I think, the really, I think he's a podium guy next week. I, he's, he's yeah, he's running very well. Um, I don't think I would have necessarily. He's probably the only one in that top group that that I was that I thought overachieved today. The rest were kind of right where I right where I kind of would have thought they would be. Team-wise, no surprise here up front, at least. Columbus North wins 45. Bloomington North second. They've been consistently the second-best team. I mean, it's been back and forth a little bit the last couple weeks. Uh, the Cougars, 129 points. Floyd Central third, 151. Northview fourth, 157. Bloomington South fifth, 196. We felt like those were kind of the locks. We were a little shaky on Floyd Central going in. It looks like maybe they, not not necessarily a full effort at the sectional and the regional, assert themselves as a clear state finalist team. And then six, we thought it would come down to Austin or Jasper. It was Austin with 213, but a team that we maybe thought, I think INCC stats had him as like 1% or 2% heading in. Scott Litzkin did tell me today, uh, this is blasphemous, but I'll repeat it anyways in the podcast. He said, this is why you can't fully trust INCC stats. Listen, I didn't say it. I didn't say it, but I just want to give him a 10 seconds of a platform here on this podcast, plus another hour later in the week probably. Castle was only seven back of Austin, and then Jasper, 257. Uh, what do you think there? Yeah, a little surprising Jasper was – was that far back? Um, this is a team that qualified last year, had a number of guys back. Obviously, Ekman's a really good front runner. Um, I would, I kind of saw Jasper Austin, like you, like you mentioned, being really close. Uh, a little surprised that they were 44 points back from Austin and in the eighth place spot today. But obviously, Austin running very well. Uh, now again, look at look at Austin. So Ekman is third place overall. Austin's top guy was 37th. Over in their overall day, 33rd in team scoring. But you look at where their four or five guys come in and look at where Jasper's, and that's I mean, that's all the difference right there. You put you put five guys in, or you here's here you go. Here's your Scott Litskin. Yep. Austin 46 was their number four guy. That was the fourth highest in the meet. Jasper's fourth guy was 90th. In team so, scores, yes. In team scores, in terms of team scores, correct. So Scott Lidskin's number four runner theory proves up again. I, I, I feel like that's a guy that may know what he's talking about. When it comes to cross country. Yes. <laughs> We're not going to take his college basketball advice. But yeah. <laughs> on he's the a girls, Butler fan. So who knows on the girls side? Hey, shout out to me, the Brown County semi-state guy for calling the champion, Julie Kiesler of Columbus North. She wins in 1741 a 27 second victory 
Second place, this was a surprise, at least to me. So maybe I don't really know what I'm talking about. Don't respond to that. Thank you. Uh, Ellie Hall from Forest Park, 1808. Third, Brianna Newell of Columbus North, 1816. Fourth, Jaden Serencion, 1822. She set out the sectional and the regional. She's back, not at her exact level from earlier, but but good enough, certainly, to help the uh, Highlanders. And fifth, uh, this is a girl you've known because you, her head coach, you were an assistant coach for many moons ago, right, at East Noble? Yes, many moons, yes. Ginnister Grant of Northview, her coach, used to be the head coach at East Noble and DeKalb. Uh, and she runs 18-22. And I'll just, I'll just throw in a couple more here. Andy Van Meter from Jasper Allstate last year, 6 and 18-31. Lily Myers from Bloomington South. She, she had been on a tear in the sectional and the regional, 18-32. Uh, man, those, those top seven plus maybe one or two others have a good chance to finish in the top 20 or 25 next week, right? Yeah, so he, but here's a couple thoughts. So, yeah, Keesler winning, not a huge shock, but if you want to give yourselves these great accolades and shout-outs, go for it. Uh, because where was Lily Baker? Where the Columbus North, typically one of their top runners, did not run today. Um, and they, as, they ran seven, right, at Columbus North? Yeah, they ran seven. So she was – it wasn't like she didn't finish. She just didn't run. So I don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, that uh, has implications for the team scores next week. Yeah, um, I – but yeah, so Ellie I Hall. Car- I want Carmel to win the team score next week, and I didn't look at that. And now, well, but you don't. You don't know what that means unless you do. <laughs> unless you. Know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, Ellie Hall was a surprise. Forest Park. I, she's she's definitely a top five or ten semi state, but to get second was a pretty good run for her. Um, Serencion in back in the back in the mix. Ginnister Grant having a nice day. Um. Yeah. That like you said, Tim Doctor Doctor Tim Rail. A uh, good friend of mine and a really good cross country coach, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's that's the that was a big question for me as I looked. I was like, okay, where's Baker? Where's Baker? I searched all seven Columbus North girls just to make sure I wasn't going crazy, and she was not there. And she is, in my opinion, a, a podium level runner who, if she's in the lineup and if she's healthy, probably makes Columbus North the favorite team as well. Hey, we're not we're not at the we're not at the projections for next week yet, Derek. That's why I said probably. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're gonna change your change your <laughs> verbiage four minutes from now. <laughs> uh, all right. Number one, team wise, Columbus North sixty five, average time eighteen thirty seven. What was the time I told you to remember from earlier? Eighteen forty two. And what? I be- I believe I believe. <laughs> that we don't have the stats yet. Let me refresh INCC stats. Brown, Brown County is going to come in probably 10 seconds, 12 that's, seconds after the show. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. Um, my phone is like, stop refreshing so, this website, loser. So without, it's like, hey, Colin, we're not ready yet. Um, <laughs> so in terms, if the state meets today, Lily Baker doesn't run, Carmel Girls win. If Lily Baker is back next week and she runs well, Columbus North probably wins. That's why I said probably. Derek, Derek, we're okay. Yeah, that's two minutes away here. Number two, Floyd Central, 96. So Floyd really bounces back. Number three, North View, 110. Number four, we thought they'd be on the fence uh, here. 
but that was also when I was confusing the boys and the girls. Jasper, 164. Number five, Bloomington North, 175. And this was kind of the showdown we had our eye on. Princeton, 201 points. And they make the state meet over Bloomington South, who had 238. And then actually Seymour only two back from Bloomington South. It's all for naught. Both teams have been eliminated at 240. Look at Seymour and then and see why Con Lips or why Scott Lipskin is wrong. Yeah, their fourth girl was 39 points. Their fourth girl was third highest in the meet, and they didn't qualify. He's not wrong, Derek. You can't just take one example. Small that's sample everybody, size, sir. That's how everybody works. They take one extreme example, they say this is how it always is, and this proves my ridiculous point, and then they, they don't take any rebuttals. That's how the world is today, Colin. Uh, you just, you, you're so accurate that it's like infuriating. <laughs> like, I have no rebuttal because that's like, I can't even joke. I mean, that's just 100% the real case. That's All just right, how you, people you, debate these days. <laughs> Look at my meme. Look at my meme from the one thing. See, uh, it proves my entire worldview is right. Derek, uh, this is why you're Dr. Leininger and my students can't even pronounce my name. Well, that's, that's because you're, that's actually you're, not why, but yeah. <laughs> but, you're, but your name is English and you teach Spanish. That's probably part of it. Well, my last name is German. Well, um, the same, same problem. We, yeah, well, I got, I got a lot of issues. Anything from the team scores there before we project to next week? No, I, I mean, obviously Princeton ran really well. Um, I thought, I thought Bloomington South was going to make it and Princeton would just miss. Uh, but Princeton, Princeton got it done. I mean, they end up beating Bloomington North or Bloomington South, sorry, at um, at two and at four and five, and that was enough to put them in. Princeton's top two, the Mead twins, Heidi and Haley, ninth and tenth, eighteen thirty nine and eighteen forty three. Yep. I just, you know, you and I have both coached teams that are in like this overall race right for relays or even teams like state championships and when you win there's there's not a lot of stuff there's not a lot of things like that right yeah winning a team championship or fit, even finishing on the top two finishing on the podium but like i just can't i can't fathom the excitement at a school like princeton to make the state meet in a single class sport yes. like yes. indiana cross country maybe the best state in in the union per capita for distance running for the Prince and girls to make the state meet. That is so exciting. Yeah. Big deal for sure. Yeah. You, you think about, like you said, you said too, a single class system, you know, for a school the size of Princeton to make it, what, what a huge deal for their, for their school community. Huge. What's, huge. what's that enrollment? Uh, I don't know, but why don't I'm going to we... look it up. Why don't we all look it up right now? Are you looking it up? You'll probably looking be it up. I'm looking it up. Okay. So you're going to look that up. I, I think it's somewhere along the lines of 300, 400. Um, it, it could even be fewer students than that. It's but as we're doing that, let's go through quick on, on your end projections for next week. Individuals. Let's do individuals and let's do team race. So you kind of want to think about the individuals, individual boys, individual girls. You know, boys podium and team race, girls podium and team race. You got Princeton's enrollment yet? 619. So bigger than we thought. 
but a lot bigger than I thought. That's like that's like one of your Spanish classes at Carmel, though. So it's still it's still smaller than many of the schools they'll be racing against. Yeah, but out of six hundred and nineteen, only like three hundred and nineteen turned their projects in. I gave them an hour to do it. Or know your name. So yeah. Okay, so boys, individuals. I there in my mind, there's three. There are three runners who I would be really surprised if anybody else not named Isaiah Sturry. Cole Matisson or Reese Kilbarger Stump won the individual state title. That is not to say that a guy like um, Krishna couldn't be in the mix or that a guy like, you know, um, the, the, the guys from the South Ekman, that, that he could be in the mix um, or Spencer Wolf. But when it comes down to the last mile, you know, when you get, when you get to that second inner loop, and you start to you start to get towards pushing back towards the north perimeter of the course when everybody really starts to separate because whenever you make a move at that point you're making a move and you're holding on to the finish line. If there's anybody else still there besides those three, I will be surprised, and I will be doing the commentary, the live feed on the IHSCA broadcast, and I will tell you I am surprised if anybody besides those three is in the mix. Who do I think is going to win? That's let's a good do, question, Colin. Let's do. I, pie, I didn't ask you that. Let's do. Let's do pie chart. Give me percentages. Percentages of who's going to win between those three guys, and feel free to put a miscellaneous in there if you want to yeah. do like like one percent or whatever. Okay, so these better add up. Okay, count my math. Um, sixty percent Sturry, twenty-five percent Matisse. Okay. 10, 12% Reese Kilbarger stump. I'm going 12 on that. So, yes. And then 3% anybody else. You're that, higher on the anybody else category. Then you would be? Yeah. What are your, what, what's your pie chart? I'm the coach of one of those kids, Derek. I'm not doing a pie chart for public consumption. All right. Well, then, then you'll just have to accept mine as, as gospel truth. So, we're good. That, that seems a little extreme. Uh, <laughs> girls, individuals, what do you think? Uh, this is this is even bigger. I mean, it's going to be like ninety percent cridge, probably higher than that. Yeah, you're too low on that. Ninety-five percent cridge, um, like five percent somebody else. Ninety-five percent seems low. Do you have you been inside those fazolis on the north side? We don't even do health really, checks on them or what? So I don't I don't know about everybody's socioeconomic situation in these days, but. Um, Fazoli's is not my pick the night before the state meet. I'm gonna I'm gonna go like at least oh, like Olive Garden, OG or higher. I don't I don't know what your choice is. I mean, I'm just staying at home eating grilled cheese and tomato soup. Fazoli's is what like when I'm like I'm really hungry, but I only got eight bucks, and I know they give out free breadsticks. I'm hitting Fazoli's. Okay, that's not my pre-state meat meal. Team wise, boys, what do you think? Pretend I'm not here. Pretend you're not here. Okay, Carmel's gonna get eight. Okay. Um, so I there's I think there's five teams that that could that could win. Um and I and I'm not saying that for for dramatic effect, but um you know HSC looked awesome today, putting four in the top 15 at New Haven. Um Columbus North looked really good. I think they put five in the top 21 or something like that at Brown County. Um Obviously, Brabuff is back. They're, they are they are the team we thought they would be. 
um, winning the. They're real State. and they are spectacular. They are very good. Um, and then Center Grove and you guys, I think those are the probably the top five. You I guys thought, being Carmel. You are, yeah, you coach Carmel still as of the moment. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes next we'll, week. We'll see. If you get sixth place, you might, you might have a, you might not be there in two weeks. I don't, I, I'm sure that's not true, Colin. You yeah, that's obviously a joke. This is a per- public consumption. It's obviously have, a joke between <laughs> Derek and I. I will be the coach for many moons. For you have for, many fine qualities beyond coaching cross country, so I'm sure you'll be fine. Can I get you to put um, that in a letter? Yeah, I, I, I think you actually have before. Forge my signature if I remember. This, <laughs> yeah, this is true. Not the forging so, a signature part. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, are you asking me who I think is going to win? I mean, are we saying that right now? Or are we, are we saving that until a later podcast? No, I think you should do it now. Or, or, or do a pie chart if you want. Oh, pie chart. Um, Columbus North, thirty-five percent. Um, Brabuff 25%. What's that? 70? 60. 60? Yeah, 60. Good call. Um, I would put maybe HSE, Center Grove, Carmel, all around like 12%, 13%. Okay, and that's 30. Yeah, so it's 99. Right. And then 1%. Somebody else. One percent crazy fazolis across the entire state. <laughs> yes, I don't think. Yeah, you, you, the FDA's got to get this under control. If that's before, the case. Before our official state meet preview podcast this coming week, I would like you to research how many fazolis are there in Columbus, Indiana. Uh, I think there's only one I'm familiar with, but it's a relatively big city. Uh, girls, girls team. What do you think? And see, this is this is a lot more of like a two a two pieces in the pie, like like when it's you and your spouse, you're like we're both just gonna have half a pie tonight. Um, that was you but, for dinner. You each had half of a pie. I ended up having more than half, but that's not what we're talking about today. So, oh my gosh, Derek, I would. That is not nutritious. I don't need your judgment. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you Columbus, got it. Columbus North sixty. Carmel, 35. Somebody else, five? Something like that? I mean, Noblesville, five, or Noblesville, four, 1%. I, I See, I don't think no, – I, I find it really in, unlikely for Noblesville to beat both of those teams. Would not be stunned if Noblesville got second. I absolutely would be stunned if they got first. Because I think Carmel beat them pretty solidly today. I think Carmel's going to run well next week. And if Columbus North, if Lily Baker runs and she's good, I don't like, I think those, I think Columbus North and Carmel are the top two. So, yeah, I guess Noblesville 4%, somebody else 1%. All right. By the way, I'm making these up on the, on the spot. So I might have different pie chart numbers in a few days when we do like our official preview podcast. You want to do an, you want to, you want to chime in on the official one? Yeah, well, I mean, if who, who, whomever you do it with, my maybe, hey, maybe we'll do one every day. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta pump those numbers, sell those uh, Anchor FM ads, and uh, get some shoes out. You know, I do, I do know. So, all right, man. Hey, Derek Leininger, you either love him, you hate him, 
or you think he's all right. But hey, you were out here regulating, right? <laughs> Mount up. All right. 